Then Satan answered the Lord. Watch this now. He brings an accusation. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and conferred prosperity and happiness upon him. Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. So the final realm of prayer is in Luke 18. Let's go to Luke 18. Please go to Luke 18. And we're going to activate this realm. It's a very powerful realm. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? Is this helping you anybody? Can you hear me? Luke 18, Jesus again is dealing with the issue of prayer. But this time, Bishop, this time, he changes the context. See, to Jesus, context determines the, the content. When I'm approaching God as father, I speak to him differently. When I'm approaching God as friend, I speak to him differently because I'm not coming for my needs. I'm leveraging what, how he knows me, who I am to him for somebody else. But there's another realm. This realm, Jesus completely changes where the prayer happens. He says this in Luke 18. Go work with me, Luke 18. Luke 18. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray. Say with me, men ought always to pray. That statement is Jesus endorsing prayer everywhere at all times. And no matter, if you, even if you're frustrated, the truth of the matter is prayer works. So some of you have been praying for things that have not happened. I can tell you the reason I'm here is because God is answering your prayers. Amen. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. Amen. Because I may just provide the final touch. Talk to me, somebody. The final push to what you have been believing God for. And then you will be walking in a cascading dimension of miracles, signs and wonders Amen. happening for you. How do I know this, Dr. Mouse? Because when you have a ministry that is on television speaking to millions of people around the world, I can tell you we get thousands of emails from people who are getting miracles from around the world. Some told me I've been praying for this for 30 years. I heard you once. I saw heard you once. And I did what you said. And my God. And then, it began, then, it began, then the rest is nothing but testimonies. It comes from India. It comes from China. It comes from whatever. That is the nature of being international. Is you say that the revelation is applicable in trans transcontinental. So I'm telling you, talk to me somebody, God is going to move mightily right here in Ghana for you. Amen. Amen? So let's look at this dimension of prayer. Then he spoke a parable to them, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now notice that in this realm of prayer, Jesus adds an emotional index to the, an emotional index that, was, that he never talks about in the first two realms. When you approach God as father, he never brings up the issue of loose heart. When you approach God as friend, he never brings the emotional condition of loose heart. Why is there loose heart in this realm? 
because this is a realm of mountains that have refused to move. Despite your best efforts, despite your, lo your loving God, despite your giving, despite your offer. Come on, am I, talking to, am I talking to myself? Has anybody been in this realm? Or was I the only one? Talk to me, somebody. Where you know, come on, somebody. You look at your life, you are living. The best way you know, you are living for the Lord. Talk to me, somebody. Are you catching what I'm saying? Amen. They talk about fasting. You are in the school of fasting. They talk about prayer. You are in the school of prayer. They talk about the school of giving. You are in the school of giving. And yet there is a mountain that still stares you like nothing you did matters. What realm is that? The realm where you begin to lose heart. Where you begin to say, I think maybe this thing will never move. Maybe I'm supposed to live with it. Are you catching what I'm saying? So this is Jesus saying, uh -uh, don't lose heart. Why? Because... There is a final realm of appeal. There is a final realm. Talk to me somebody. Amen. Are you catching what I'm saying? Hallelujah. My God. People ask me that amounts you teach on the court of heaven. You've written best-selling books on the court of heaven. Do you, do you always pray in the court of heaven? And I said no. I said I only go, go into the court of heaven when the other two realms have not produced the answer I'm looking for. Talk to me somebody. Because I may know if your father was a judge. Talk to me somebody. If your father was a judge, as much as he loves you, he doesn't want to see you in the courtroom every day. He'll be like, ah, what kind of child? You know, you get what I'm saying? Some of the things you're bringing, because, you know, your father comes before, uh, you, know, you know, it is in, in our courtroom. All rise, honorable, doc, honorable judge, whatever, he's seated, and you sit, and, and you're right there in front. I got your father's okay. <laughs> but if he sees you every day, talk to me, somebody. Particularly if you talk to him in court, what you could tell him at home. As a father, I got you what I'm saying. So my point is, I don't always do court of heaven. Actually, I spend more time approaching God as father and praying for nations and my friends. Talk to me, I'm an intercessor. I really love to pray for people because I know what to leverage. I've, come on, somebody, amen? So, but there is a realm I go to. Oh, it's a powerful realm. And I'm telling you, I have seen miracles. I'll give you a couple of examples. How to pray. Just a couple of testimonies because I, I believe God's about to do it right here in Ghana at open heavens. I'm telling you, even by tomorrow, some of you will be getting phone calls you have been looking for for a long time. Some of you will be getting visas that have been denied. I'm talking to you. I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I've had people done everything. Get businessmen. Bank said, bank said, no. Every bank says no. Take them in the court of heaven, go back. The same bank says yes. How do you explain that? Within 24 hours. How do you explain that? The only thing that's different is that I took them in the court of heaven. And they, very, and they went to the same bank that gave, said, no, we can't find your company. The very following day, it's like they, they never even saw the man before. Ah, how much do you need? Ah, but I've been here before. Ah, things have changed. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Okay, let's go with Let's look at it. So Jesus now says to text, create the context. Notice, notice, Dr. Eric, Jesus first creates the place and then he gives you what to say in the place. You see, God always creates place. He created Eden before he made man. Place to God is more important than, because, tell me somebody, place is first. I, I, I'm about to depart, and many of you are sad, but I go to prepare you a place so that where I am, so shall you be. In other words, it's no, it's no point. Talk to me somebody. How many know? If you have got a lawsuit, is that right? Before the judge. And the court is in session to hear your case. But you choose, because you are so spiritual, to come to open heavens and pray through the time of your court. I may know that is foolishness. 
Because even though your, your, your pastor might say, yeah, you are really a prayer, but if your pastor even knew that you should be in court, you'd say, what are you doing here? What are you doing, brother? No, my, you know, it's my court. I, I just felt in the, I felt the anointing come on me. He says, talk to me, somebody. Sometimes it's not the anointing. It's the, it's the devil. Because Satan understands the power of places. Have, be in the place, because the place determines the context of what you say in the place. So Jesus first creates the place, then tells us what happens in that place. So he says this, and he says this, check this out. Verse 2, saying, now he's saying, there was in a certain city a judge. Now how many know when you hear the word judge, you don't see a pastor? Come on. When you hear a judge, you don't see a bishop. In other words, if we, if we pray the word game, and I said, I'll give you a word, give me the picture that comes in your head. And I said, pastor, you see church, is it right? If I said, come on somebody, if I say, doctor, you say hospital, is it right? If I say judge, what are you going to say? So Jesus understands the power of words that, words that, words that release certain pictures. There was, a, there was a woman, is that right? There was what? A widow. In a certain, there was a, there was in a certain city, a judge, watch this now, who did not fear God, nor regard man. Interesting, the Lord who choose a judge who didn't care about God to use his example, to show us the power of the judiciary. This man did not fear God or did not what? Fear God or regard man. In other words, the man was either an agnostic or an atheist. Okay, he didn't go to church, didn't care about pastors, didn't care about the people of God. Watch this now. And that's the one Jesus uses us to teach us how to operate in the courts of heaven. He says this, now there was a widow in the same city. In that's what? City. Okay? So it's very obvious from the story that the judge was a city judge. He, was the, he had jurisdiction over the city. His court was over the city. Are you catch what I'm saying? So watch, watch this now. But there was a widow that was within his jurisdiction. And she came to him saying, get justice from me, from my adversary. Okay? Get what? Justice. What is he looking for? Get justice from me, from my what? Adversary. The Amplified says, get justice from me and legal protection for me, from my adversary. From my what? Adversary, that word adversary comes from the Greek word antedekos. Everybody say antedekos. Say antedekos. Ante is uh, the Greek for against, where we get anti-corruption. Is that right? Ante comes from the Greek. Ante is against. Dekos is the Greek for rights, legal rights. So an antedekos is somebody who assails your legal rights as a citizen. So the woman says, my legal rights, what's constitutionally mine? How many know my mentor and my friend, Dr. Mausman, or, I mean, changed my life when he said this. He said the problem with a lot of Christians is they look at the Bible as a religious book. The Bible is not a religious book. It's the constitution of a kingdom. It is the constitution of a government. That changes everything. The, if, if the Bible is a constitution of a government or a kingdom, then Jesus is not just a savior, he's the head of state. And if Jesus is the head of state, he can't have a government lower than Ghana. Ghana knows you cannot have government without judiciary or you have anarchy in the nation. Because in Ghana, if a Ghanaian citizen's rights have been violated, where does the Ghanaian go to have our rights restored as a Ghanaian if there is no judiciary? 
Oh, come on, somebody. So Jesus says, listen, I'm not, I'm not just running a revival. I'm the head of state. That's the message the Magi came to tell you. I'm not just a Messiah. I'm a head of state. And I'm telling you, my state has a judiciary. Where your rights that I've given to you, that have been violated by an adversary, can be restored for your deliverance and legal protection. Are you with me, somebody? So the woman goes to the judge. Are you with me? Are you with me so far? Get justice from me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, check this out. Though I do not fear God, nor regard man. Is that amazing? That Jesus is letting us know that, this, that the fact that the judge was an atheist had no bearing on his judicial power. Come on, somebody. The Lord is letting us know. The fact that he feared not God. The fact that he cared, did not care about man, he was corrupt. That means he judged, uh, he gave you judgment based by the power of the CD, the Ghanaian CD or the US dollar. You know, what it means he was a corrupt judge. He didn't care about your case file and what, whether you are guilty or not. He wanted to see another passport. Talk to me somebody. Amen. This is the kind of judge he was. But this woman, watch this now. He starts to speak. He said, though I do not care, I don't regard man. I don't care about man or God. In other words, the judgment I'm about to give her has nothing to do with the fear of the Lord. And that's the story the Lord is using to teach us the courts of heaven. He says this, watch this. Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she wears me out. In other words, he says this woman's nuisance value has risen tremendously. If I do not give her justice, which means all the while he was trying to ignore her, hoping she might corrupt him, had enough money to bribe him on the side. That's why they, he was holding out. You know corrupt people, they hold out. Try to see if you can get the message that you are missing another passport. Help me somebody. Are you guys what I'm saying? Amen. Sometimes the, some corrupt judges or politicians, you know, they even, they even train their staff on the, on the, the staff. Maybe one of their, maybe one of, maybe the, maybe one day the, 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 one, the, the belly for the, 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 the clerk followed you on the parking lot. Ah, you see, your case is not difficult, huh? but you are missing something. What do you mean? Ah, you are missing something. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was a corrupt judge, but her persistence. She had no money, but she kept coming. So the judge says, okay, you know what? I know it's within my power to arrest her adversary. So a nuisance value has risen to such a point, for my own peace of mind, I'm going to use the power of my office. I'm going to use the power of my office. <laughs> and I'm going to give this woman justice and legal protection from her adversary so she can leave me alone. But the judge though, in the story, never once doubts his ability to give a protection. He knew it was within his, his judicial seat to give verdicts of release, issue warrants, issue, I mean, orders of the court. It was within his power. So watch what, how this story continues. And then the Lord says this, verse 6. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And then he turns it. Because this is what he's been trying to teach prayer in another dimension. Where God is not your father, God is not your friend. This time he becomes your judge. And shall God not avenge 
His own elect who cry out day and night. Notice cry out day and night, which means he's been watching you, pray to him as father, no breakthrough. You go to intercessors, you join the prayer teams praying for you. He's been noticing all the prayer meetings. How? That's why he's referencing your history of praying day and night in all the other realms, only to find the door is not moving. Shall not God. Oh God, avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night. Though he bears long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Ever say, avenge them speedily. This is interesting. He will avenge them what? Speedily. Meaning, what he's saying is, when they enter this final realm of appeal, <laughs> when they learn to approach God as judge, all those unanswered prayers will be answered speedily. All those... Oh, Dr. Eric, those are the kind of testimonies my office is flooded with now. Talk to me, somebody. And it's not because I'm more anointed than the people who prayed them before. It's because, talk to me, somebody, the reason their prayers were not answered before even when anointed men of God prayed for them is because Satan had legal rights to resist them that were never addressed. Are you catching what I'm saying? Oh, hallelujah. Are you with me? Well, let me show you one more. Let me give you two more scriptures and then we're going we're gonna to go in the court of heaven. I'm feeling the anointing right now. Are you, are, are you, are you with me so far? Yeah. Talk to me, somebody. Okay. Let me show you more, more scriptures on the court. Now, now let's, build, let's build this on the court of heaven. Please turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9. Daniel, chapter 7, uh, New King James. Daniel, Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. Okay. Let's begin to see now, open the, go behind the gate, behind the veil, and begin to see that heaven really has a judiciary. It has a real court system in the realm of the spirit. And if you know what you are doing, you can get many breakthroughs for yourself and for other people in that dimension. In that dimension. Hallelujah. Praise God. Watch this now. Look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. I watched... I watched two thrones were put in place. I watched two thrones were what? Put in place. And the ancient of days was seated. His garment was white as snow. And the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was, his throne was like a fiery flame. Okay, what dimension is this? You're about to find out. Okay, there's a tremendous activity in this realm. Tremendous activity. There is so much angels in this realm. Watch this now. It's, uh, uh, verse, uh, uh, his throne was like a fiery frame. It's wheels of burning fire. Verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand, thousand ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Watch what happens next. The court was what? The court was what? Seated. So God opens the eyes of Daniel to understand Daniel, there is another realm of prayer you're not touching because Daniel was an intercessor. Daniel was a man of prayer. But until chapter 7, he had never entered the court of heaven. Ha! 
So God says, Daniel, you like to pray? You keep praying in other realms, but you have never approached me as judge. So let me open and show you what actually happens in the realm of the spirit, where judgments are rendered concerning the destinies of men and the destinies of nations. If you know how to enter this realm, Daniel, you can move a whole lot of things in Babylon than you are moving now. Are you catching what I'm saying? And so Daniel's eyes are open and he sees what he's never seen before. The ancient of days is seated. Now notice that the language of this court is the language of earthly courts meaning that god's court is not a copycat of, of the courts of men the courts of men are a copycat of what's in heaven are you hearing what i'm saying by faith we understand that the world we live in was made by the word of god so that that which is seen comes out of what is not seen so when i see a courtroom on earth there's gonna be a courtroom in heaven notice that the judiciary is the only place in government, talk to me somebody, where, where uh, court, watch this, the judiciary is the only branch of government where court is never in session until the judge is seated. Talk to me somebody, call me somebody. When the judge is seated, it means everything said in the court is part of God documents. The court cannot unhear it. Talk to me, somebody. Are you with me? So if you come in a courtroom and the judge is not seated, actually, you can actually admit that you are guilty. It means nothing, at least in U.S. law. Why? Because before the judge is seated, nothing is, nothing is ordered to be part of the court record. But if you admit the same admission, when the court is seated, then the judge has to be able to record your acceptance of guilt. And you can run away from it. But see, the judge, the judge is seated. Now watch this. Now. The judiciary is also the only part of government where the, court, where, the, where the court and the judge are one. That's why when all lawyers are arguing cases, they'll call the judge permission to approach the court. I thought you were in the court. No, the court is a court room because the judge is seated. So the judge makes the court. You see, you know what, do you, do you, if you, do you know that if a judge in Ghana or the Supreme Court of Ghana wanted to borrow, wanted to borrow this sanctuary for a proceeding of the court, they'll change your church. The moment they put those seats, it's no longer open heaven. It becomes a sitting of the Supreme Court of Ghana. It, the, and whatever verdict they render will affect Ghana. Never mind that at the door, the poster is of a church. Doesn't matter. When the judges are seated, they can turn a room into a court. Because the judge carries the spirit of the court. Are you with me, somebody? Oh, come on, slap somebody. Some, slap somebody and tell them, neighbor, you're about to get the righteous verdict. You've been waiting on for a long time. The judge is seated, is about to hear your case and give you breakthrough, give you deliverance from your adversary. Oh, hallelujah. Notice now that when the court was seated and the court was seated, meaning the ancient of days is the court and when he sat, the court was seated. The next thing that happens, happens in all natural courtrooms. When the court is seated, now every docket of books are opened. Books of accusations and books of evidence. Whatever, books are opened. Cases cannot be heard. Dockets are opened. Are you catching what I'm saying? Are you catching what I'm saying? Can I submit to you 
Talk to me, somebody. One of the reasons why the devil does not want you to understand this revelation is because one of the books the devil is most afraid would be opened when you go in the book in the court of heaven is the book of your destiny when that book opens uh, come on someone it carries a testimony that contradicts every struggle in your life contradicts every devil in your life that book contradicts the poverty in your life because in your book you are rich but in your situation you are poor are you hearing what i'm saying the books were open. The books were open. Now God can render judgment on your behalf. Talk to me somebody. Not just based on the devil's accusation against you now anymore. Talk to me somebody. He can also render a verdict based upon what is written about your book. Somebody shout. My book is open. Slap your neighbor. Two, three people say my book is open. I'm about to get what is mine because my book is open in the name of Jesus. Are you, are you with me somebody? Are you with me somebody? Turn with me very quickly. Now this one, this one, I want to use the Amplified. I'm just going to read this two portions and then we're going to stand up and pray. We have enough time to be able to do this and pray together. Are you with me somebody? Please use the Amplified guys. Let's go to the book of Job, Job chapter 6, Job chapter 1. So Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 12. Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 12. Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 12. If you use the Amplified, it's amazing what it says. But I'll read it for you very quickly. There was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, the adversary, the accuser, how many know the word accuse is legal? There's nothing religious about the word. That's why they, in, the, in the courtroom they say, who is the accused? The word accusation is a book of, is a word of law. You learn this in law school. I, now, by the way, I can't even put you on trial unless I accuse you. Then it's up to the court now to find out whether the accusation is valid or not. But we're going to trial because an accusation has been made. Talk to me. Some of you, you don't even know that you have been here. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. You have been trying to buy a house. Every time you try to buy a house, it slips out of your hand. Why? Because you haven't answered the accusation the devil is making in the court of heaven about the altars your ancestors built that nobody has ever taken responsibility for. So every time you try to buy, God says, no. Come on, somebody. Oh, God have mercy. Talk to me, somebody. Watch this now. The accuser also came among them. Verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come from? Which blew my mind. Before I understood the court of heaven, Job was very, this was the most difficult passage in the Bible. Because I said, Lord, I don't get it. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. We know Satan was cast out of heaven with one third of the angels. And yet, what is he doing in heaven again? Talk to me, somebody. So for a long time. But when the Lord began to show me the code of heaven, the Francis, this has been a difficult thing for you, but it's not difficult. Is that Satan and one third of the angels were cast out of heaven. Satan has been, but, but however, Satan has been, given, has been given a limited visa to access only one department of heaven, the court of heaven. Because Francis, think about it. How can you have a trial unless the prosecutor's table is seated? said while men on earth are breaking the word crimes are being committed 
So Satan has legal right to bring to the, my court where men are breaking because Satan, un, unlike what you think, Satan cannot just attack a human being without having legal standing to do that. You must rechange your spiritual warfare teaching. Satan can only come. And, and by the way, this we're talking about Job, an Old Testament saint, without, before the blood of Christ was even shed. Even a man without the blood of Jesus, the enemy could not attack him until he made his case before the judge. That's what the story is telling you. He had to get permission to even go after Job. You think he can attack you? Blood washed, Holy Ghost baptized, he can attack you just because he wants to? No, he must investigate your bloodline or your life and find something that gives him legal right. Then he runs. I found that iniquity. I found a behavior that has never been repented from. That's not under the blood. Shh. Look at this. So they begin to talk very quickly. He says, where have you come from? Then he, uh, Satan answered the Lord. From going round on the earth and from walking out on it. The Lord said to him, have you considered and further on my servant Job? For there is none that can him on the earth, a, a blameless and upright man. One who fears God with reverence and abstains from and turns away from evil because he honors God. Is that right? Verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord. Watch this now. He brings an accusation. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and conferred prosperity and happiness upon him. And his possessions have, have, it in, have increased in, in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch, destroy all that he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to Satan, where is God saying to Satan? In a courtroom. He's in court. And why was he in court? Because he brought cases against the children of Mern. But why is he in court presenting cases from Ghana, from Zimbabwe, from Zambia? God brings up Job. And then Satan says, oh, so you mean Job is on the table? <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get to this man. Job is on the table. So they began to talk about Job. And then verse 12, then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your what? Power. Who gave him the right to go? The Lord. Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put your hand on the man himself. So Satan departed from the presence of the what? The Lord. Look at, we end with this tonight. Revelation 12, many of you have read this. But never sit in the context of the court of heaven. And then we're going to take, take the last 15 minutes. We're going to go in the court of heaven and activate the revelation. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. Are you with me? Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Where is, it? Where is this loud voice? It's in heaven. It's not on earth. So this activity is taking place in where? In heaven. The, the location has been taught to us. Saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom dominion reign of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Why? For the accuser of our believing brothers and sisters has been thrown down at last. He, watch, watch this, what, no, look at the work of the devil. He, Satan, he who accuses them and keeps Bringing charges, meaning Satan's, Satan's favorite place to attack God's children is not on the streets, it's in the court of heaven. And yet the church in Africa knows how to go to the battlefield, they don't know how to go to the court of heaven. 
We've destroyed the order. Have you noticed governments don't go to war until they actually get a, a legal framework for the war? Why? Because then, why? You need a legal framework for the war. Because if you, go, if, you go, if you go to a war and you kill somebody and there's no legal framework, you can be criminalized. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what happens is that you get a legal... Are you getting what I'm saying? Satan loves going, he loves going to the court of heaven because he knows most of God's children are ignorant about how to operate in this dimension. So even when they're in trial, they're on trial by the devil, they can't even sense it. Even when the Holy Spirit is telling them, telling them, is, is, is giving them a word of knowledge, they don't know how to apply it because they don't, they don't, know, they don't know the context. Well, today it changes for you. Amen? It says... He, he accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them before our God day and night. And look at verse 11. And they overcame him and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. For they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. I want everybody to stand up. Come on, Shank. Pray in tongues. A little bit of shakaraba. Someone on the keyboard, play something instrumental. As we come before the court of heaven right now. Pray in tongues. As you are praying in tongues, I'll drop this testimony on you. <sighs> a woman is in Germany. Her husband left her. Uh, just kept, she came home and the husband left her note. He said, I'm just tired. I just want to be in the marriage anyway. I don't think I'm cut out to be a father. I'm I feel so much pressure. And he ran. Left him with a daughter, six-year-old daughter. Was very attached to the father. But he, he, so for a year, she had no idea where her husband was. Terrified. The only time she found out, then uh, six months into the separation, she got a, a notice from the court that husband had filed a notice of separation. Because in Germany, you have to file a notice of separation for six months before they can give you a divorce. So she knew wherever he was, he was divorcing her. The child was asking about the father every day, crying. The mother had no idea. Just broken woman. Then somebody told her, Dr. Francis Mouse is doing a webinar on issuing divine restraining orders from the courts of heaven. You need to come and listen to him. So somebody in Germany, because people plug in when I do live stuff all over the world. She came into the feed. Had me teach on divine restraining orders. How to issue them from the court of heaven. She ran to a house that night. She had never even got a copy of my book. Just the little she heard me teach on that prayer call. Open her eyes. And since she had tried every form of prayer, fasted, prayed, had intercessors praying around the clock for the husband to return. Nothing was happening. She goes home and she kneels down. She says, Lord, I don't fully know how to come before the court of heaven, but here, here I come. Lord, you are my father, but I'm approaching you as judge. And Lord, I want you to judge this situation that has put me and my husband in this compromising place. Lord, I'm asking that a divine restraining order would be issued from the court of heaven against the demon that's keeping my husband from being the king, the priest, and the prophet, prophet of our family. I ask that be issued right now and the verdict be rendered in my behalf in Jesus' name. She says she stopped praying. You know, she stopped praying. Following day, less than 24 hours, she, a phone call comes. It's an unknown, uh, unknown number. And the Lord said, pick it up. She picks up the phone. Lo and behold, guess who's on the other side of the phone? Her husband. One year from the day. He's crying. She said, my wife, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. She says, I do not know why I ran. 
but I just ran. I was under pressure. I panicked. I ran. And then he told her the country in Europe he was living in. And he cried some more. And she just was quiet. And he said, honey, if it's not too late for us to restore our marriage, I am determined. And then he says this, to come back home and be the king, the priest, and the prophet of our family. Everything she had asked God for the night before Dr. Eric in the restraining order is what he was saying. And he was just weeping. And the Lord said to her, do not harden your heart, forgive him. Within 48 hours, she was, she was picking him up at the airport. Within two weeks, they went on a second honeymoon and said, me, talk to me somebody. That marriage is like heaven here on earth today. Are you guys sure what I'm saying? There are many cases like that. But you know what? You're about to have your own. Lift your hands and let's pray. Let's pray. Just repeat after me. I am telling you. As we pray, think of things in your life that has put you in tears that haven't moved. So when you are praying, talk to me somebody. When you are praying, you can project your mind towards those things. Because I'm going to pray in such a way that you can project your mind towards those things. Talk to me, Sam. And when they begin to happen, while I'm still here, I want to hear those testimonies. Amen? So let's come before our Father. Pray this prayer. And say, Heavenly Father, I come before you by the blood of Jesus as my righteous judge. Abraham calls you the judge of all the earth. So your judicial power is universal. It can reach me right here in Ghana. In the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I step by faith into the court of heaven by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, as I step in the court of heaven, like the widow woman in Luke 18, Lord, I bring before you those mountains of problems, things I've prayed about for months, for years, that have gone unanswered, that the adversary has been using to wear me out, to cause me to think that you're not a God who answers prayer. But that's a lie from the very pit of hell. You are a God who answers prayer. So today, Lord, I step in the court of heaven as my final court of appeal for breakthrough and deliverance in Jesus' name. Lord, I recognize that Satan can only hold my breakthrough because he has found a legal right in my life or in my bloodline that has given him the legal right to hold what is legally mine as a right in the kingdom. So Heavenly Father, I therefore do what Jesus said I must do. When the enemy has gathered legal evidence against me in a transgression or an iniquity or a sinful behavior that he has found in my life or in my bloodline. Jesus said, on your way to court, Matthew 5.25, agree with your adversary. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge 
delivers you to prison. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I repent. Through repentance, I am agreeing with my adversary. So Lord, concerning any evidence Satan has presented before the court of heaven against me and my bloodline concerning iniquity and transgression or the, er or the erection of evil altars in my bloodline that I've never been dealt with. Lord, I say me and my bloodline are guilty as charged. But it's also written if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I repent for every transgression, every iniquity, every idolatry, and any evil altar that has ever been erected in our bloodline or in my life. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse me and my bloodline from this iniquity. Heavenly Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus from anything I have in common with the adversary. So I can say, like Jesus, the, 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 the prince of this world cometh, but he has, no, he, has, he has no power over me because there's nothing in me that is in common with him. Lord, by the blood of Jesus, cleanse me now as I'm standing in the court of heaven that in this moment, there will be nothing in me as in common with his kingdom. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, that I've repented, I ask the, the blood of Jesus to now speak in the court of heaven to add to my testimony of deliverance in Jesus' name. I receive my freedom, my deliverance. Heavenly Father, every legal right Satan was holding on is now dissolved and revoked in the court of heaven. Now, I ask the court of heaven to give me a righteous verdict of release and breakthrough based upon not my education, not my pedigree, but what is written about me in your book from before the foundation of the world. I receive that verdict of release and breakthrough. And this mountain of an unanswered prayer will begin to collapse with shouts of grace, grace, grace. For it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the spirit of the courtroom that you give me this breakthrough in Jesus' name. Furthermore, Lord, I'm asking for a divine restraining order to be issued on my behalf against any messenger of Satan operating from any altar who has been trying to work against me, hold my breakthrough. Restrain them, oh God, like you restrained Balaam, that he was unable to use his witchcraft against Israel because an angel placed him under a divine restraining order. So I declare, Father, every messenger of Satan is now under a divine restraining order concerning me. And my breakthrough must now be released. My verdict has now been issued by the Supreme Court of Heaven in Jesus' name. Let miracles be released in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that answers to things I prayed for are being released right now from the court of heaven speedily 
in accordance with what Jesus said would happen when the elect of the Lord bring their cases to God as the righteous judge. You would answer them speedily. Lord, while this conference is going on, I'm expecting phone calls of breakthrough testimonies of breakthrough that the Lord has heard me speedily in Jesus name give the Lord a clap offering and a shout if you believe it because right now the Lord is telling me verdicts are being rendered in your favor give God a shout deliverance is being released healing is being released whatever the devil was holding on to he's broken whatever altar was speaking against you he's being silenced by the authority of the court of heaven you are being delivered angelic beings officers of the court are going to your house they are going to your place of business they are going to the embassy where your visa has been held back and it's being released it's being released funding you've been looking for is being released healing is being released in the name of Jesus yes somebody shout yes yes shout yes hallelujah 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 come on give God a shout I hear verdicts are being rendered divine restraining orders are being issued on your behalf shout jesus thanks for joining us for today's episode we'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast you can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on facebook instagram and youtube be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.